Hello and welcome back to the SIGGRAPH Spotlight Future of Production series. For this next installment, we're joined by a repeat guest, Larry Cutler, co-founder and CTO at Baobab Studios. Larry is here to discuss Baobab's newest short, Namu, and where he sees interactive production going in the future. Now it's time to dive in. Here's SIGGRAPH 2021 Production Sessions Chair, John Kalajian. Welcome to another episode in this two-part Future of Production series on SIGGRAPH Spotlight. My name is John Kalajian, and I'm the SIGGRAPH 2021 Production Sessions Chair. Today, I'm joined by Larry Cutler, co-founder and CTO of Baobab Studios, and a SIGGRAPH Spotlight veteran. Larry joined us on a podcast in 2018 to discuss what it's like to be an independent creator in production and animation. This time, we're here to discuss Baobab's latest short, Namu, and how this project is leading Larry and Baobab into the future of production. It's great to have you back, Larry. How's it going? It's going great. It's great to be back talking with you. Likewise. It's great to have you. Before we get into it, can you share an update for our listeners about how your career and the studio has evolved since you last joined us in 2018? Well, you know, first of all, it's totally honored to be talking to you and to be continued to be supported by the SIGGRAPH community. Baobab's history as a company is really very intertwined with SIGGRAPH's sort of embracing of new technologies and specifically of immersive technologies like VR. And I think each of our projects from Invasion way back in 2016 have been in what started out as the VR village and morphed into something way bigger and cooler like the VR theater and the immersive pavilion over the years. And we're just, you know, really super excited to be able to continue to you know sort of share our learnings and share the fruits of our labor with the SIGGRAPH community. I you know honestly I, I don't think we would have been able to kind of push the boundaries and do things if we weren't so inspired by all of the great work that you know and research that's gone into SIGGRAPH over the years that certainly have influenced my career from its early days. So for us our mission at Baobab is to inspire you to dream, to bring out your sense of wonder, and to make you matter. And it's really that last part of how we make you matter that I think differentiates ourselves from, let's say, a traditional animation studio, but also really is about taking advantage of what VR and immersive technology has to offer. This idea of being able to place you directly inside a story to really allow you to be able to connect with the characters in the worlds and ultimately to build a relationship with the characters. And we feel that that approach is really profound and a different way of storytelling and is going to really impact animation and impact how stories are told you know, into the future. We're just kind of scratching the surface. And so each of our projects is an experiment in how we can tell a specific story and how we can actually tell it in a unique way and push the boundaries of what's possible. And we learn something from every project. And so, you know, Namu, our latest project, and Baba Yaga, which we both showed at SIGGRAPH this year, are both examples of that, where, you know, we really are doing stuff in ways that I don't think we could have conceived up in 2018. Very different projects, but both, as you said, 
carrying forth the tradition that Baobab has established. And I think center to that, of making that connection is is something that was mentioned in the production session this past year, which was one of empathy and making the audience member no longer a passive viewer, but more of a active member in that. Now, Namu being the latest project is a little bit more narrative driven, less on the choices that lead to the outcomes, but just further elaborate more on why empathy is so important in storytelling, at least the stories that you tell. Yeah, I I think we come from a feature film and animated film background. And what makes stories universally inspiring and meaningful is that you can empathize with the characters that you see. You understand their plight. And and storytelling is so much about you know, seeing someone have to make difficult decisions under pressure that reveal something about themselves. And empathy is such a key part of that. For VR, VR has this opportunity for us to build on that empathy and to place you directly inside the story where you can actually not just empathize with the characters, but you can actually go on a journey with them and experience it with them and potentially you know, influence how that journey plays out. But at its core, the most important thing we could do is build that connection that you have with characters. And each of our projects, no matter what we're doing, that is kind of the central core. And, you know, that is the technology we've built. That is the storytelling, you know, everything kind of funnels through that lens of empathy. Wonderful. So going back to feeling the hand of the artist, and in the case of Namu, that comes in the form of the quill artist, Dan Frank and Nick Ladd, you look at the beauty of the canvas that is painted and you realize that every stroke, every highlight, every shadow is basically hand-created and manipulated in a way that alludes to volume and form, but it really, it's the opposite of Baba Yaga. You know, talk more about the development and why a tool like Quill is so important to tell that type of story. Yeah, so, you know, Namu at its core is really a narrative poem that comes to life as an animated short film. And we were lucky enough to partner with Eric O, who recently was nominated for an Oscar for his previous short opera. And, you know, Namu really came about, it was inspired almost 10 years ago by the passing of Eric O's grandfather, who he was very close with. And as part of the grieving process, Eric started to think about how one might represent their lives. And he did this really quick drawing of a tree of life that, you know, really represented a man's life or his grandfather's life and how that tree might be captured with all of the belongings and all the memories that, you know, are attached to it. And Eric put that away in a drawer for a while. He wasn't ready to kind of dive into that. It was too, I think, emotional and personal. But Over the course of the last 10 years, you know, he's had more passings, unfortunately, but also births as well. And so I think really about, I guess it was almost two years ago now, Eric really decided that this was the right time to tackle this project. And he approached Baobab about it because we are kind of kindred spirits and our circles cross paths in many interesting ways. But he also wanted to tell it 
in a very artistic way. He really, as you mentioned, he wanted to have that handcrafted feel through the whole thing that you could feel the artist brush in every single frame in that sort of handcrafted animation. And we decided that one of the best ways to do that was by using Quill, which is a VR animation and drawing tool that allows you, it's kind of like the cutting edge of allowing you to completely draw in 3D world using a VR headset. And we thought that this was a great way to be able to use cutting edge technology to, at the end of the day, produce something that feels really handcrafted and two-dimensional as opposed to sort of traditional CG. In fact, in Quill, there is no interpolation. So every single frame and every single object and character is animated frame to frame. And so you really are getting the artist's love frame to frame. And not only appreciating the beauty of the moments that were created, but the immersion, for example, the rainfall, not only seeing the rain come before your eyes, but seeing the splash on the ground and those moments to connect you so deeply with the moment that's occurring in front of your eyes with the progression of the main character was something very, very remarkable. Yeah. From the beginning, we knew that we were going to tell the story in two ways. We were going to tell it in VR, which was going to be experiential. And as you said, you're there, like to be able to see the tree really huge and like you're there and you're witnessing this person's life and you could feel like the raindrops on your shoulder as they're coming down, but also create a 2D version of it. This was a cinematic piece and we wanted this to be as many people to see it as possible. And there's really poetic beauty in kind of a cinematic version. That's great. And given, as you said earlier, your long history with showcasing your fine work at SIGGRAPH from Invasion to Asteroids, I think even other works like Bonfire, Crow and Jack, which are just phenomenal immersive pieces. The main takeaway that I had watching the production session, specifically when it was discussed for Baba Yaga, was Ken Fountain was discussing how the choices for animation and performance were more about pulling things out to reduce the fidelity or to kind of achieve a slightly different fidelity than what is normally accepted for, let's say, uh, film animation or different types of performances to work within the constraints of the format of VR, frame rate and things like that. So over the years, as Baobab has created these amazing projects, what deconstruction has taken place where you've now found a niche way to tell your stories You know, it's funny. I think I would love to say that we found like we've cracked the secret formula for how to tell a great story in VR, you know, or 2D. But the reality is, is we haven't. And with each project, we take all of our lessons, but then we typically want to try to tell it in a different way and something that really speaks to the project that we're doing and or the medium that we're telling it in. When Ken was talking about Baba Yaga, then in that case, We said, hey, it'd be really cool if we started playing with not just having our projects run like animate at 30 frames a second, or in this case, at 24 frames a second. But what if we actually only do it on 12s and occasionally we dip even lower and we can kind of dynamically change that. So those are things we could start playing with, but we're kind of living within this creative box. We also really played 
with theatrical lighting on Baba Yaga in a way that took advantage of the constraints of running on a quest. Now with Namu, what's interesting is that because they're also to some degree is limited by the technology of Quill, we really leaned in to that hand-painted look. And so as the character evolves, it's still very sort of loosely drawn and it doesn't have the same level of detail as we would have in some of our other projects. But that actually really helps it work as a universal project because even though we tell a very specific story, so we're telling this specific story about an artist's life, and yet everyone can kind of think of it as their own life and they see things into it that are their own. And I do think that the art style that we created, which was kind of an embracing of the quill technology, actually supported that in you being able to kind of project your own story onto it. The potential and the power of not having solved creative challenges to the point where it's formulaic, but rather leading you into these new and exciting directions where your choices of tools to use or ways to convey the images to the viewer, whether it be passive or active choices and things like that. How does it benefit the larger philosophy at Baobab? It's to serve the story, certainly. Yeah, I think when I started my career, which was a while back now, and Eric started his career, it was in the early days of computer CG. And we were both at the forefront of some of the earliest CG films, Eric with Ants, myself with the Toy Story franchise and A Bug's Life and Monsters, Inc. And there was just this amazing kind of palpable energy at both PDI and at Pixar at the time and other studios as well, because we didn't know how to make feature films. We didn't know how to solve these difficult problems. It was like, we got human characters. We got to do them. What are we going to do? And we would try to do the best we can. There were just hundreds of these problems that came up and everyone there was like-minded. No one, I think, was there because they wanted to get rich. It was specifically about like this passion for telling stories and passion for being able to tackle difficult problems that we didn't know what the answers were and to problem solve. And I think that led to the stories being even better. You know, and one thing we definitely both learned is that the story dictates everything. So you can have the most amazing technology, you can have the most amazing artistry, but if the story isn't good, you're going to be bored after five minutes. And so that has been an overarching lesson that we've learned throughout our careers. What was exciting when we started Baobab is that, again, we had to figure out what an immersive story is. What is an interactive narrative? What does that term even mean? And again, all of a sudden we were surrounded and have surrounded ourselves with people who are really passionate about tackling these problems. And it's always uneasy. You know, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable when you don't know, but especially for Eric and myself, it kind of rekindled that feeling that we had early in our career. And so we just try to foster that in our teams. And we try to always have that mindset, no matter what we're doing, no matter what medium we're working in, is that we can think about it in a different way because we are a newer studio and we're not beholden to processes that we developed 20 years ago or what have you. But to that point, speak a little bit, if you can, about how 
difficult or easy it is to attract creative talent. Our vision has always been that we want to be able, as you said, to be able to bring in top people to work with us. In many ways, NAMU is kind of a great example of this coming to life because Erico was someone that we had respected for a really long time from his work at Pixar, his work at Tonko House on the Dam Keeper poems and the Dam Keeper. And we were just so excited that we were able to bring him in to set up a project. We don't want to like just have one house style where everything is the same or and Eric Darnell is our chief creative officer. That's something that he's very clearly stated from day one is is that he wants to have different voices. And so Eric is a great example of that where his voice is very different from Eric's and his style of storytelling is very different. And we really just tried to get out of his way and sort of build up the team and everything, but to make sure that he could just be able to tell a story in his way that was as true to it as possible. And so It's interesting when you try to recruit people in an early stage startup company, especially in a really competitive industry like ours, it feels really difficult and daunting like to bring in someone of Erico's caliber or or these actors and actresses that we're so incredibly lucky to work with. And in practice, we've actually found it to not be easy, but we've been able to do that. And it's because I think people have been really excited. They share in our vision. And so we give people the opportunity to express their own voice in a way that maybe you couldn't at a larger studio. Absolutely. And so both projects did have to adjust to working remotely. Can you speak a little about how the ramp up for NAMU and the winding down of Baba Yaga were different? And how does that influence projects that are in the pipe right now? That's a great question. I mean, you know, obviously COVID has affected everyone in incredibly fundamental ways. We feel very fortunate that we were able to work pretty seamlessly through COVID. And so it's interesting with NAMU, it always has been an international remote team. So we started NAMU before COVID. We started end of 2019, beginning of 2020 in earnest. And Erico is in the Bay Area, but spends a lot of time in Korea, where he's from. And we were like, we got to find the best quill artist. So we partnered with Dan, who's in Germany. And we partnered with Nick, who's in Toronto, I think. And we very quickly had a very distributed team throughout, not just the United States, but throughout different time zones. And so it was set up as a remote. So really, you know, when COVID hit, it didn't change anything in a weird way because they really had a very distributed way of working. We just had a screening of NAMU kind of post-COVID in LA a week ago. And it was the first time that most of the team was able to be together in person. And so that was really special because all these people had worked together, but never actually seen each other. So for Baba Yaga, we were in the heat of production when COVID hit. We also, at that point, our co-director and production designer were in France, and we also had people around the world as well. So we had already gone through the growing pains of making sure that all of our dailies and all of our processes we were able to do remote, and we had director tool sets that worked remotely and VR and all these crazy things anyway. And so we decided early on to send everyone home kind of a week or two before 
it became apparent that that's the way things were going. And we literally just packed up everyone's computers and for those who are in the office. And remarkably, we were able to kind of get through the heat of production when there's just so much going on. And so I think everyone just rose to the occasion. So we're incredibly grateful that we were able to do all of that and not miss a beat. I'm going to pick your brain here a little bit and go back a little ways. I guess last time we had a podcast with you in 2018, you said that VR had completely disrupted the production landscape for better, I hope. Is that something you still feel is true to this day or are you seeing a shift towards other types of technologies that are influencing production? I mean, it's interesting. You know, NAMU is a great testament to how VR has disrupted production production in that NAMU is probably the first project where a completely sort of 2D animated film was created entirely in VR. And the end result is meant to look really like a traditional animation and something that has this just really handcrafted, unique look. And so that is to us kind of full circle where we're not just presenting something in VR as a medium that you experience something, but VR has been used as the primary tool set that an artist works in to actually create something unique and special. I think that that speaks volumes to the potential for immersive technology to really impact the production of animated content. For us, in order to create VR content, everything is running in a real-time game engine. And that is a huge change from how we've created productions in our past lives. And we're really starting to see that real-time technology push into virtual production, things like The Mandalorian. You hear a ton about that, but also now into animated production in a variety of ways. And you're starting to see TV series that are being created you know, using Unreal and Unity as game engines in various different ways. And I think that that's going to only increase. So I think that's another aspect of how the technology that kind of underpins VR is really pushing into sort of the creation of animated projects. It's a wonderful and exciting time. And if I could ask, what is on the horizon? What's in the hopper next for Baobab? It is super exciting time for Baobab. We're, of course, really excited for NAMU. NAMU has been playing in key festivals this year, and we're really excited for the release of NAMU. When that is, is being worked on in real time, but that's going to be really soon. So we're super excited about that. With our first project, Invasion, we signed a deal a couple of years ago to turn that into a feature film. And it's one of the, I think it is the first time that a VR project is actually going to Hollywood as opposed to the other way around where you take your Marvel movie and you try to make a VR project to help out with marketing or, you know, for other reasons. And we're excited that to push on creating feature films of some of our projects. We also have some TV series deals that we're going to be able to talk about in the not so distant future that are really exciting. We're turning some of our projects into books, which is exciting. And this is like a, a very pivotal time for Baobab because we have the opportunity to not just tell stories in VR, but to actually expand the universe of who gets to experience and to be able to tell them to a broader audience. So really excited to be able to announce more on that in the not so distant future, but there's a lot of exciting stuff that's coming. 
Well, we can't wait to hear with bated anticipation of these great new projects. If you could let our listeners know where could they find or able to view past experiences like Baba Yaga and the soon, hopefully to be released, Namu, where would they be their best bet? Yeah, our experiences are available on the Oculus Quest. So if you have an Oculus Quest, you can go and download Baba Yaga, as well as our previous projects such as Bonfire and Invasion. And we're really excited to release Namu in the not so distant future. So coming soon. Wonderful. Larry, I want to thank you so much for coming back and sharing your perspective with our listeners. Before we sign off, do you have any final words? Well, I just want to say how excited we are to continue to both support SIGGRAPH and be supported by SIGGRAPH. And, you know, I think when I started my career, the first year as a Pixar was the first year that I went to SIGGRAPH. And there is just such an amazing world out there. There's so much amazing research that was being presented, so much amazing technology, artistry, production workflow. And that really hasn't changed. Like the tools have all changed. The amazing orders of magnitude of what you can accomplish on screen has changed. But that kind of attitude of solving difficult problems, of being able to push the boundaries of what's possible, I think that's always been the telltale sign of SIGGRAPH and its greatest strength. And so for anyone out there who is at SIGGRAPH and considering a career or on their career. I think, you know, for us, we're always like, just get in there and do stuff. And of course, we're always hiring. So you can always go to our website and look at the jobs that are available. But we just want to, again, thank the SIGGRAPH community and the ethos of SIGGRAPH for really instilling, I think, a lot of the values that we have as a studio. We can't wait to show you next year what's going on. We look forward to it and for many thanks for continuing that spirit of collaboration within the SIGGRAPH community. And with that, I want to conclude this SIGGRAPH Spotlight podcast and thank you all for joining us today. Fantastic. We hope you've been inspired by the production experts in this series. Who knows? Maybe you are what's next in the future of production. If you like the podcast, subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening. Every review helps others find us. For more information on production sessions and upcoming SIGGRAPH conferences, check out the links in our show notes.